The March to Zion broadcast is a weekly radio production of Bethlehem Primitive Baptist Church. The broadcast is under the direction of Elder Tim McCool, Pastor. For more information, contact 205-364-1396 or write the March to Zion broadcast, P.O. Box 270, Carrollton, Alabama, 35447. Stay tuned for a message of God's sovereign grace. This is Tim McCool, pastor of Bethlehem Primitive Baptist Church and director of the March to Zion broadcast. Please stay tuned for a message of salvation by grace. morning. It's my great blessing to be able to speak to you in this way. If you're a returning listener, we want to thank you for your ongoing prayers and support. And if you're a first-time listener, we hope that you'll feel burdened to join us each week at this same time. We rejoice in the message of salvation by grace alone, and we invite you to come and worship with us at Bethlehem Primitive Baptist Church anytime that you can. We're located just off of Highway 82 on the Boyd Road near Acola, Alabama. Our worship services are each Sunday morning at 10.30 and on the second and fourth Wednesday nights at 6 o'clock. And we enjoy worshiping the Lord in a very simple manner where we come together under one roof and one room, families, individuals sitting together, and we sing, we preach, and we pray. It's a great blessing 
and a refreshing thing to be able to worship the Lord in such a simplistic manner. So we invite you to come and worship with us anytime that you can. I would love to hear from you. My email address is tim at T-I-M-M-C-C-O-O-L-L-A-W dot com. That's Tim at T-I-M-M-C-C-O-O-L-L-A-W dot com. And also our church website is BethlehemPBC.org. That's BethlehemPBC.org. There's a podcast there that you can subscribe to, and we encourage you to go and check that out. We're going to hear a song and then bring to you a message from the Word of God. Today is what we generally know as Father's Day, and I want to speak to you along that line, but put a little twist on it and talk about the Heavenly Father's Day. All throughout the New Testament, as we read in the Gospels about Jesus and the things that he says that he came to do, he refers again and again and again to his Heavenly Father. In John the 6th chapter, he says, I came down not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me, of my Father's will. And he refers to the Father again and again. Of course, we know that we believe in a triune God. The Scripture teaches that. God is one in three, three in one. And he's described as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And being Father's Day as it is, let's focus in on the Heavenly Father's Day. And this is specifically referred to in Matthew 24 and verse 36 as Jesus is telling the apostles about things that are yet to come. And in reference to the Father's day, one day, he says, but of that day, the Father's day, an hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Here Jesus refers to a coming day that is literally the heavenly Father's day. This is the time when the Lord returns and gathers all of his children home. Jesus was very content in his Father. Of course, he and he is the Father, he is the Son, he is the Holy Ghost, he's all in one. And yet, for this time that we read when Jesus was on the earth in, in physical form here, he was, in a sense, separated from the Father and yet still one with the Father. And we see, of course, on the day he was at Calvary, on Jesus' day at Calvary, that he was separated from the Father in a way that had never occurred before, and praise God, will never occur again. But Jesus refers again and again, to my Father's day, the day that is coming, the last day, the day of the resurrection. And don't ever let the modern trends scare you 
into thinking, well, that's a terrible, scary, fearful thing one day. It's not. It is the next greatest event that will occur. And you'll get a lot of flack for believing what I'm about to say, but it's what the Bible teaches. And that day is coming one day. There's not going to be any of this secret rapture and different stuff going on prior to it. It's all of a sudden it leads up to it and people disappear. That's not even found in the scripture. And that upsets, that ruffles some feathers, but it's just not found in the scripture. You can't find the word rapture in the scripture. That ruffles a lot of feathers because so many have bought into that scary uh, so-called theology. And a lot of it has been bolstered and promoted by fiction that's out there, works of fiction. Jesus never refers to some intermediate time. He just simply refers to the day of his father. And did you know this? The Apostle Paul, who was the most prolific writer of the New Testament, never refers to any kind of a secret rapture or delay or anything like that. No, there's coming a day, as the song says, a beautiful day, a wonderful day, in which the Lord, the Father, will return in glory and power and call all of his children home. And Jesus refers to it here. He says, of that day and hour knoweth no man. So if you ever hear anybody saying, well, I know the day the Lord's coming back. Jesus says that no man knows of that hour. And the angels in heaven don't even know it. So who in the world would ever believe someone that says, well, he's coming back on such and such day. There's been many date setters over the years, and those dates have come and gone. But child of God, let me assure you that there is coming a day in which the Lord will return. And here Jesus refers to it, and he describes it. He says, as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. And he describes the days of Noah. He says, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. Over in the book of Luke, it refers to the days of Lot as being that way whenever the Lord returns. And listen, two glaring characteristics of the days of Noah and the days of Lot Number one, in the days of Noah, it was a very violent society, a violent time. And if we can't see the comparison to the days of Noah, where the imagination of the hearts of men was only evil continually, violence was on the rise, those type of things, crimes and such were just atrocious. They were just on the rise and uncontrollable. Men were uncontrollable. Are we not living in such times? And again, I'm not being a date setter. That says nothing about a date. It says that the signs of those times of as the day approaches, you will see things like the days of Noah when violence was so much on the rise and prevalent in society at that time. And then in the book of Luke, it says as in the days of Lot. And you know what the primary characteristic of that society of Sodom and Gomorrah was? You guessed it. Homosexuality was an accepted practice. So if we can't see the signs that Jesus points us to, how relevant they are to us today. It points to this. Look up. Your redemption draws nigh. The Lord is on his way. I don't know the day. I don't know the hour because Jesus said, of that day and hour knoweth no man, neither the angels in heaven. Listen, if the angels in heaven don't know the Father's day that is coming, then there's no man on the earth that can know it. But we can certainly look to the signs of the times and the characteristics of society when the Lord will return. And he says it's like in the days of Noah, like in the days of Lot. Now listen, that Father's day is coming. And over in the book of John, Jesus referred to that very specifically. I love the gospel of John. I love all of the word of God. But Jesus is very specific in the gospel of John. He says some very specific things about his heavenly Father. Now listen to this in John 6 and 37. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, And him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. You see, he's bragging on his heavenly father. 
And he's talking about how he is in harmony with his heavenly father because they are one. He says, for I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. Who sent him? The father. And this is the father's will, which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. That is the father's day to which we refer here on this man observed father's day. The last day is the heavenly father's day. And listen to what he says. He says, the heavenly father's purpose and will of sending Jesus into this earth was for this, that all that the heavenly father had given the son, he should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. I want you to notice how Jesus attaches, raise it up again at the last day. That's the father's day. That's the heavenly father's day. Over and over, he attaches that. Listen to the language. He says in the next verse, This is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up when? At the last day. Jesus says in verse 44, No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day, the Father's day. Verse 54, he says, Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Oh my goodness, can we not conclude from that that Jesus was excited about the Heavenly Father's day? Here he says that the Heavenly Father has sent me for a specific purpose, and it is to save and gather and bring to me all that the Heavenly Father has given me. Now we know that that is a reference in the Scripture to the covenant of redemption that was entered into by the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost before the world was even formed. It is referred to all throughout the New Testament. And it tells us this, that the Father gave a host of people to the Son, and the Son said, I will secure them for heaven. How? I will pay for their sins. And the Holy Spirit said, I will go into their heart at some point in their life between conception and death. We've referred to that many times, the work of the Holy Spirit. We see in the scripture where David the toddler was born again as just a little toddler. We see where John the Baptist was born again in his mother's womb sometime after his conception and before his natural birth. We see the apostle Paul, while he was Saul of Tarsus, born again on the road to Damascus. We see the thief on the cross at the end of his life, born again, touched by the spirit. Sometime between conception and death, the Holy Spirit will have its way. The psalmist said, thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. So when the Lord comes to their heart in the spirit, they're going to be born again. There's no option. There's no possibility it won't happen. And when Christ came to this earth to do the thing that God sent him to do, it was to secure that numerous seed, that numerous number of children that are as the stars of the sky and as the sands of the sea. See, it's not a small number. It's not just us four and no more. No, it is a chosen people out of every kindred, tribe, tongue, and nation that sing out holy to the Lord in heaven. Glory to the Lord. Glory to the Lamb. So Jesus says very clearly, very explicitly, he says that the Father has given me these people, and they shall come to me, and I came down from heaven to do my Father's will, and my Father's will is that none of them will be lost, and they will be raised up again on the last day, my heavenly Father's day, that resurrection day. You see, the Lord is very clear about his purpose And we need to be clear about the purpose of God. Now, listen, uh, Jesus himself 
had a day planned for himself. There's no question. But this is the Father's Day that we're referring to. If you want to read about Jesus's day, you can certainly look in the Psalms at Psalms 118, where it says this in verse 22. The stone which the builders refused has become the headstone of the corner. This is a reference to Jesus himself. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Now, I know there's a a way that we can look at that scripture and say that each day that we rise up, we can say this is the day that the Lord has made. He's blessed the sun to come up that he put in the sky. And so we can say that certainly, but specifically, Psalms 118 and verse 24 is a reference to the day of Christ on the cross. Look, he says the stone which the builders refused. That's the Jews of that time in verse 22. They refused Jesus. They did not acknowledge him as the headstone of the corner. And the Lord and his providence and his power went ahead and established him as the headstone anyway. (laughs) That's the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes the way that God established him as the headstone of the corner. How did he do that? He died on the cross and was resurrected three days and three nights later. And this is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. You see, Jesus had a day. There's no question about that. But Jesus is referring to the heavenly Father's day when all that are in the graves shall be raised up. Now, don't forget about the Holy Spirit, please, because they all work in conjunction. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit, work. they work in conjunction. In John, the fifth chapter, he says this in verse 25, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God. That's a reference to the Spirit going into the heart. And they that hear shall live, not might live, not will live if they'll let me in or accept me, but they shall live. For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself. Notice all the way that it works together. And hath given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the Son of Man, because he is the Son of God. Marvel not at this. Don't marvel at the fact that the voice of God, the Spirit of God, speaks to the heart of a child of God and borns them again and gives them life, quickens them from their dead state. He says, don't marvel at that. For the hour is coming in the which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. You see, the Lord is referring here to that day, that great Father's day, whenever the heavenly Father, the judge of all the universe and all the worlds, will have his way You see, the Lord has power now. The Lord has ability now. But that's going to be a special day because there won't be anybody with any questions anymore. Well, is God really God? Is he really a triune God? Is he really a Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? There won't be any doubt whatsoever on that glorious Father's Day. You know, we set aside Father's Day once a year to honor our fathers. And I think back on my own life with my father. I'm a father now of of five Recently, one of those five got married. That was an interesting experience, quite a transition in in the life of a father, giving away your daughter. And I remember growing up, the interactions that I had with my dad, my dad was such a good dad. And I think back on his best days when he was healthy and strong, and he's been sick for a number of years now, but when he was healthy and strong, and we'd work with him out there on the farm in the heat, and just what what glorious days those were. Matter of fact, we saw an old video, I think it was probably from 1989 or 1990, where the pond froze over one year, and all three of us, my brother, my dad, and myself, mom videoed us out there sliding around on that pond, and we were all healthy, and we all were standing next to each other, and 
I, but Chris and I both were grown, and there we were standing next to Dad. It was just amazing to see that from so many years ago. I thought that was a really good day. I remember that day, sliding around and falling and pushing each other a little bit and horse playing with our dad. What a great day. And I remember those days. It was so hot, building fences. I have so many good memories from a great father. And here we have Jesus. Can you imagine? I have these great memories of my father. And let me say this. If you don't have great memories from your father, let me tell you something. The Psalm says that when my father and my mother forsake me, the Lord will take me up. You see, you might not have the great memories that I have. That's okay. But you have a heavenly father that loves you. And you know, I believe that's one of the reasons in the Old Testament that the Lord singled out those orphans is because an orphan came up with no knowledge of a father or of a mother. But I believe that the Lord singled them out because he wanted them to have conveyed to them that he is a heavenly father. And where's the first place that we get that understanding? It comes from our parents, a strong, loving father. I remember playing on the floor at the house when I was a little bitty fella, as far back as I can remember, and just in awe of the strength of my father and the muscles on his arms. And I just thought, this is an amazing man. And that helped me model an image of a heavenly father. I'm not saying my father was the heavenly father, but we gain an image of God from the very structure of the family that God has set up. And when that structure is not like it normally is, where there's an orphan, they have no father, they have no mother. It's a very sad situation where there's very little ability of that person to see godliness modeled in front of them. I believe that's one of the reasons that God had such a special place in the Old Testament for the orphan, and also in the New Testament, by the way. So you see, we look to our fathers, our natural fathers, and yet we have a heavenly father. Even if you had a natural father that wasn't a good father, You have a heavenly father that is perfect. And as much as I love my earthly father and as good as he was to us and as much as he taught us and as much as I just enjoy even today and even though he's sick, I still enjoy being in his presence. Oh, let me tell you something. Can you imagine? That does not even compare to the way that Jesus enjoyed his heavenly father. You see, that's a father-son relationship. We should never forget that. John 3.16 says that Jesus was the only begotten son of the Father. And here Jesus is bragging on his Father that all the Father gives me shall come. And I'll raise him up on that last great Father's Day whenever the Lord comes back. You see, there's coming a day when the Lord will call them forth from the graves and they'll all be there. Is there any possibility that they won't? Can you imagine how sad a Father's Day is when one of his children is missing? If I were to pass away and my father went through a Father's Day, I know that he would think about my loss, that I'm not there. And can you imagine on the greatest day that is yet to come since the days of Calvary, since that happened at Calvary, can you imagine on the last day, the great father's day that's yet to come and one of his children are missing? That's not going to happen. Jesus made sure that that won't happen. He says, all that the father gives me shall come to me. I will raise him up at the last day. Notice that the Lord father is going to allow the son to do that. I will raise him up at the last day. He says that three or four times there. Now, of course, it's going to be in conjunction with one another, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. But notice how Jesus is just bragging on his Father. So there's coming a day that I'm going to raise up all of these children that my Father has given me. And and remember this, too. There'll be some alive that will just be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye on that great Father's day. Don't be afraid 
of the Heavenly Father's day. Don't be afraid of when the Lord returns to call his children home. Second Thessalonians, the first chapter, the Apostle Paul made sure that when we, as suffering saints, suffering under persecution, of course, I might add that the persecution we suffer, there is persecution out there today, but it's not like it used to be for these saints at Thessalonica who were being whipped and tortured and burned at the stake, thrown in jail. Oh, may that never happen to us again. It may happen, but we're so thankful that we live in a country where we can still freely express the truths of God. And when Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, they were under great persecution, under threat of life and bodily harm. And he says this in verse 7 of 2 Thessalonians 1, And to you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, this is the last day, the great heavenly Father's day that's coming. He says, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. You see, the Lord at that great day, when he calls forth all from the graves, both the righteous and the wicked, he's going to cast out the wicked. They're going to be cast into the lake of fire, never to torture or affect the children of God again. And that is the apostle Paul explaining to them that day's coming. And then he says in verse 10, when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe in that day. How about that? There's coming a great heavenly father's day whenever God, the father, the son, and the spirit will be admired by the saints forever and ever. Amen. As the song says, We'll admire the Lord forever and ever. That Heavenly Father's Day sounds like it will just go on forever and never end. Time will be no more. And we will be extended and brought into eternity. And this sub-reality of time will disappear. It will be gone. And the true reality of being in the presence of the Heavenly Father, all secure, all whole, will become the endless, the ultimate, the glorious reality. Oh, won't that be a great Father's Day? You may enjoy the Father's Day today as you gather with your fathers. Maybe your father has gone on to be with the Lord. But I'll tell you this, there's a great heavenly Father's Day coming where the Lord will be glorified in his saints and none will be missing according to the words of the obedient Son of God. May God bless us to rejoice in our earthly fathers if we still have them or if they've gone on. We can still rejoice that we have had fathers. But may we rejoice even more in a much greater way in the heavenly Father's day that is coming, the last day, the day of the resurrection. May God richly bless you is my prayer. Praise God from
You've been listening to the March to Zion broadcast. For more information, contact 205-364-1396 or write to the March to Zion broadcast, P.O. Box 270, Carrollton, Alabama, 35447. Bethlehem Primitive Baptist Church is located 7 miles east of Gordo and 10 miles west of Northport, just off Highway 82 on the Boyd Road near Ecola. Services are each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and the second and fourth Wednesday night at 6.30 p.m. Please join us next week for another message of God's sovereign grace.